Welcome into the Golf Club, a golf podcast devoted to the great game of golf. And it is my pleasure to now be joined by the winner of the 3M Open, Michael Thompson. Michael, how are you? I'm great, Randy. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great, and uh, I got to admit, I was I was rooting for you on that back nine. Um, you know, I know you haven't won since 2013, and it's a great story. But, boy, you hit every great shot you could possibly hit. And it looked like, you know, your nerves were great on that back nine. And, you know, as Nick Faldo said, I mean, you were you were putting the ball exactly where you need to put it. Yeah, I you know what? I had really great visualizations and really good good windows that uh, that I was hitting the ball into. Uh, that week and especially on that back nine under the pressure that uh that was there and um you know i couldn't have asked for anything more it uh to be able to pull off the shots when you need to and um you know do do it the way you finish off the tournament the way i did was uh just a huge boost of confidence for me and my game and 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 what i'm really capable of michael let's before we talk about the tournament and the win let's go back because you won in 2013 in a very tough course um, you know, the, there's like a bunch of, in the back nine, a couple tough par threes over water and 18th tough. And that was a really impressive win, but seven years, it was seven years since, you know, you, you got your second win. What was that seven years like for you? Yeah. Roller coaster. <laughs> um, you know, two years after I won, I, I lost my card and had to go back to the uh, corn Ferry tour finals and, um, thankfully got my card back. Uh, got in the reshuffle, but I, I, you know, I lost it four years in a row and, and always had to go back to those finals. And, you know, what was, what was big about that was that, uh, you know, I got my card every year, uh, got into the reshuffle every year that I had to, that I essentially got demoted. And, and, uh, for me to do that and play, uh, play well in those final events, uh, for my job, essentially, was was a big confidence boost in and of itself to know that when my back is against the wall, I can I can perform and uh, really relied a lot uh, this week and 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 even previous weeks where I've where I've played well on those moments um, that I learned in those four years that uh, uh, you know to to be able to hit the shots when when I was under the most pressure and. Uh, but on top of that, I, I was searching for my swing. I, I worked with a couple different coaches and um, just never found any rhythm. And then, and then finally, since October, I've been working with Justin Parsons down in, in St. Simons Island at the Sea Island Performance Center. And um, he's just helped, helped me rediscover some of the old feels that I had when I first got out on tour and, and even going back to college. Um, and I feel like I'm my ball striking is the most consistent it's been since, uh, since probably my rookie year on, on tour. So I feel like I'm in a great spot and, uh, you know, really happy that I went through all of those struggles, uh, to get to where I am. We're visiting with Michael Thompson, who won the 3M open last week by two strokes, 19 under 64, 66, 68, 67, just an incredible week. So, so Michael, uh, your other win is the Honda classic, which I mentioned is a really, really tough course. Um, during that stretch, you know, you just talked about having to get your card every year. Was there ever a time where you're like, boy, you know, maybe there's something else I should be doing? Were you always, was it always, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to get this and I'm going to get back to the winning circle again? You know, I think, I think there was, uh, a, you know, a few times where golf just seemed so difficult for me and, uh, you know, having to go back to the, to the Corn Ferry Tour finals, um, 
you know, a big pivotal moment, I think, in my confidence was uh, actually the win in 2016 in, at, uh, in Boise, at the Albertsons Boise Open. And uh, pulling off that victory, you know, in one of the four biggest events on the Corn Ferry Tour, um, it, uh, it showed me that I can still win, I can still compete, I'm still one of the best golfers in the world, and that uh, I need to keep fighting, I need to keep keep trying to find my game, keep trying to play consistent golf and, and, uh, um, you know, work hard because the, the results can happen. It's just a matter of, of working through those difficulties and, and essentially just being patient. You know, Michael, when we, when we watch the golf tournament, even now, we're just seeing you on the course Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm like, Hey, it looks like the guys, you know, having fun playing golf, but especially now in this COVID era, can you just take uh, our fans through what a, a week of buildup to actually playing golf is like, to, all the different things you guys, the protocols you have, a golfer has to go through to even get ready to play golf? Yeah, so when we arrive, uh, uh, not necessarily on site, but when we arrive uh, to the location, uh, say this week, you know, now for FedEx St. Jude, um the first thing we do before we even go to a hotel, um, before we even go get food, uh, is we go to wherever they're having the testing done and we go get a nasal swab test, uh, performed and, uh, we have to get the results back before we are allowed at the golf course, even to drive up to the golf course. Um, they give us lanyards, uh, or wristbands that indicate that we've been tested and tested negative. Um, if we test positive, we're immediately into quarantine uh, or potentially driving home if we have the opportunity to. So um, we have to get tested before we're allowed on site. Once we're on site, then we, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of business as usual. Uh, get the locker room set up, get, a, get our, uh, all of our, our gear. We have to go to a special distribution center where all of our, our hats and our, our shoes and our uh, balls and gloves are all sanitized. Uh, before we're able to pick them up and uh, uh, throw those in our locker, and then uh, and then we start practice. And you know, it's it's pretty quiet out here. It's uh, without fans. It's 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 like showing up to your club on on uh, on a Saturday, and the range is busy, but uh, but it, it's pretty quiet and somber, and everybody's just going about their work. So um, it's definitely a different feel, and and a few more hoops to jump through in order to 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 get to practicing and preparing for a tournament. So, so in the past, I would assume before this all happened with the COVID, the pandemic, um, you guys probably, you know, I mean, you're all friends, right? So you probably joke around, talk to each other. Is it now just get out there, get, get your work done and leave? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it, uh, there, there's, I think it's starting to relax a little bit. Guys are starting to, you know, play practice rounds together a little bit more and, uh, guys are, you know, having putting contests on the on the practice green and uh, that sort of thing. So um, it's getting a little bit friendlier, so to speak. But uh, it's still, I think everybody's still very cautious in terms of of how much interaction we have with each other and and definitely with with people outside of the bubble. Um, you know, even other volunteers and definitely spectators and people we run into, say at the grocery store. Or, or uh, when we're picking up our takeout meal uh, in the evening. So um, 
and and really the the reason is we we don't want to test positive because we then we don't get to play you know and we all right. want to play and we all want to compete so we're we're, we're taking the, the all the protocols very seriously because we want to we want to keep uh uh keep playing and keep uh keep competing because um, that that's what we're all most excited about so so let's go back to your one to three I'm open Michael because. Uh, on the back nine, um, you know, it was close. There were so many people within two or three strokes and or even closer than that to you. And uh, there's one hole that seemed to get everyone, and that was the 13th hole, <laughs> the par three. And I know I was watching Tony Finau. A couple other guys went at the pin and hit into the bunker. Finau bogeyed the hole. And then you got up to the tee, and I heard Nick, Nick Faldo says, just hit the ball to the left 20 feet. If you make the putt, great. If not, get your power and get out of there. And exactly what yeah. you did. Um, it, it almost, you know, I know this is crazy to, to compare it, but it was almost like the Masters last year when everyone's going at the flagstick and Tiger just gets up there and kind of chuckles and hits the ball 25 feet left, makes <laughs> makes his par, and, and, you know, everyone else is double bogeying. So did you know that? Like, right. hey, you know, it's crazy to go at the pin here. Let's just go left. Yeah, it, uh, in, in my mind, you know, that pin set up perfect for me because I like to hit a little fade. Right. Um, however, the wind was pretty hard off the right, just straight right to left. And, you know, with that wind on a, on a right pin, it's, you'd really have to aim right of the green in order to hit it close. And actually, Richie Warinsky uh, hit a great shot in there right. uh, to about six feet. Um, but that's what he did. He started it right of the green, and it, it drew back to the pin. And for me, I was, I was probably aiming 10, 15 feet left of the pin, just wanted to hit my shot. And I ended up just hitting a straight shot, and the wind pushed it, you know, 25, 30 feet left of the pin. And... You know, to me, that was that's what I did so well last week was was picking the proper miss uh, coming mm. into into pins and and picking good windows and and there I was on the left side of my window, but but it, at least it was in the window and it was on the green and that and and I could get my two putt and go and and like you said, if you happen to make a long one like that, that's only a bonus. So um, the the big thing is just don't just don't make the the stupid mistake. Were, were you, Michael, were you cognizant of the leaderboard in the back? Because, you know, as you mentioned before about fans, like you, when you hear a roar, you know, something obviously is good has happened to another, you know, player you're competing against, but were you cognizant of the leaderboard on the last three or four holes knowing your lead? Yeah. You know, actually, um, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't probably until 15. I knew that I was, uh, at least tied for the lead and I knew nobody was making a serious charge. Um, and so, uh, in my mind is I told myself, I just keep hitting solid quality golf shots um, and hitting my windows, then uh, I'm going to come out on top. I didn't know how I was going to come out on top. Mm-hmm. I just knew that I was going to, I was really going to have a, a great chance to win. And uh, um, so, so I was really not very aware of, of the leaderboards at all. I probably peaked at the leaderboard maybe on 11 or 12 was the first time I saw the leaderboard. Um, and, uh, and then I saw it again on, uh, maybe 14. And, uh, so I had a sense, but at the same time, I I wanted to be very disciplined and just going out and playing my own game and, uh, and hitting the golf shots that I thought were required. And, uh, at the end, see kind of where all the chips fell. So on 16, which is the short par four, uh, you drive in the bunker, and they're talking again. Nick Faldo's talking. Boy, this is going to be a really tough bunker shot. I mean, he's got a lot of green to work with. And then 
When you put that ball, I think you put it like two or three feet from the pin, if I am correct. Just an amazing yeah. shot, checked up beautifully. They were just, I mean, I don't know if you've heard it, but they were just glowing about what a great shot yeah. that was in the pressure situation. Boy, I mean, what were you thinking when you got you, when you approached that shot? Yeah, I was, when I hit it, I was trying to get the, I was talking to the ball, trying to see if it would sit down because I knew that bunker shot would be tough. Um, but I also was pretty confident that I was going to have a, a decent look for birdie. Um, and when I got up there and saw the lie, it was actually kind of a, a blessing that it was a, on maybe a little bit of a downslope um, because that allows you to to finish the swing a lot uh, more aggressively than, say, if it was on an upslope. Um, and in my mind, I really did a great job of simplifying the golf shot in the way that I told myself all I had to do was get it over the ridge in the middle of the green. And if I did that, I was going to have 10 to 15 feet for birdie, uh, which I thought was a great look. Yep. Um, and I think by uh, kind of dumbing down my expectations for the shot, it allowed me to make a really confident swing and, and catch it more perfect than I expected to. And, um, and when I, when I saw it come off, I felt, I felt like it was really good. And then when I saw it check and kind of trickle to the hole, I was like, wow, that was, that was amazing. Um, and, uh, yeah, my caddy Delo told me later that, uh, when we got up to that, that shot, all he could think about were the two worst shots I could possibly hit <laughs> what, dumping it, dumping it out of the bunker or blading it over the green. So when I hit that shot, I think, uh, I think he, uh, he, he, he was grinning from ear to ear. Uh, and then on 18, the par five, um, you know, you weighed up, but that your approach, your third shot was great. And you, then you, then you probably could finally for the first time exhale, right? Yeah. 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 It, uh, it was so relieved to, to hit it on the green, uh, on that third shot. And I actually hit a really great shot in there. It, uh, it flew a little further than I expected, but to have inside 15 feet for birdie, uh, and to have to two putt to win was, uh, an amazing feeling, and I actually had a great read. And and Richie Warinsky, his his uh, first putt ended up just a little bit short right of the hole, uh, it, you know, in line with with me, and and it provided actually a perfect perfect read that if I just kept my ball inside of his mark uh, with good speed, the ball was going to have a chance to go in, and uh, couldn't ask for a more perfect putt to 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 make to win a tournament. And uh, to see that ball go in was um, man, that was a special moment. I, I've always dreamed about making a putt to win a golf tournament, and uh, even with even for a two shot lead, right. it was still still magical. So, so what's it like after you win? Because uh, are you did you get what's like the coolest text you got, and what has it been like this week in Memphis? Have uh, have a lot of players, which is an unbelievable field you're in this week, um, mm -hmm. a WGC event. Have a lot of players come up to you, congratulated you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I had uh, roughly 250 text messages Sunday night. Wow. Uh, didn't get to them all until Monday, but uh, um, actually had uh, celebrated that night with my caddy, D'Lo, and um, three other guys, Johnson Wagner and Joe Etter, uh, who was caddying for him, and then uh -huh. Brian Reed, who caddies for Kyle Stanley. They all decided to come back to the course and, and help me celebrate that night. We had a few few drinks and told stories and talked about you know some of the great shots during the day and um yesterday i got uh, a message on instagram from carson daly oh, uh, wow. i thought was really cool yeah. huge uh, huge golf fan i right. guess um 
And then uh, also got a call yesterday from uh, Nick Saban, uh, which was really special to uh, uh, to hear his congrats. And and then also from Jerry Pate, um, sure. another you know, unbelievable golfer and, and huge Alabama guy. And um, to, to get calls like that from from those kinds of guys who understand what pressure is like and and what it means to perform uh, at the greatest stage, uh, really, really, really means a lot. All right, before I let you go, Michael, and it's obviously a great story, and we're so happy that you got your second win on the PGA Tour. I have to ask you, because I'm just the Sunday hacker, okay? If I shoot low 90s, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Um, right. I've played before with a PGA Tour player. Mark Lai was his name. He's a you know, former good player. He was a golf analyst for a long time in the Golf Channel. We're, we're playing one time, yeah. and he hits a shot. I, I thought it was a great shot. It was like 15 feet, and I said, nice, nice shot, Mark. And he looks at me, and he goes, shut up. If it's not within 10 feet, don't tell me it's a nice shot, all right? And he was, like, serious. Is that true with you guys? Like, if you don't hit it within 10 feet, are, are you are you disappointed? Well, I, I think it depends on what club you're using. Okay. Um, but uh, I personally would take a 15-footer. I mean, okay. I, I, yeah, I think some guys are a little bit more picky than, than I am. But uh, then again, I'm also a very good putter, so I have a lot of confidence in, in, uh, in my putting. But uh, – it's funny. I, I've heard that a lot, you know, and I, I get it, you know, especially when you're, you know, if you have a perfect number, say with a nine or eight iron and, uh, um, you know, you, you, it, the shot just looks perfect in your eye and you, and then you hit it to 15, 20 feet. Yeah. I, I'd get a little, little upset, uh, a little disappointed, but, uh, uh, it, that's just funny. That's kind of, that's kind of a, a classic, uh, you know, vintage golfer, story right there <laughs> right right and and w- one more question for you how many hole-in-ones do you have i have five five okay um, yes sir i've got uh three in competition uh one on uh, the corn ferry tour one on the hooters tour and then one on the pga tour wow amazing uh yeah. Well, Michael, congratulations. Great win last week at 3M. Best of luck this week in Memphis, and thanks for joining us uh, today on the Golf Club. Thank you, Randy. It was my pleasure to, to sit and chat with you. Great stuff there with uh, Merck and Michael Thompson, who won the 3M last week. And, uh, what, that gets him his tour card for the next couple of years, right, Through 2022, wow. 2023. Isn't that great? How about the, the the smile on his face last week and you just caught up with him? As, now he gets to play this weekend in what is a absolutely loaded field. It's Carmen and Merck. We don't have Adam Abdallah with us this week. Which we're picks. probably better off. We don't have Probably, problem, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, we have fun with Adam as we do these picks each and every week. But Adam will be back next week. He couldn't make it today as we get everybody set for the WGC. That's what we're going to focus on because that's where I think it's like 45 of the top 50 players in the world are playing. Tiger's not playing. Tiger's not. And then there are uh, there's another tour event because this is an invitation, right, obviously. Right, Barracuda Championship. That's right. But this is a, a big event, the WGC, which moved a couple years ago from Firestone to uh, – and they still have the partnership with St. Jude. It's just now the WGC Invitational. This is at the TPC Southwind in Memphis, it was a, uh, it's been a regular tour stop for probably about the last 30 years or so. And uh, we've got John Rahm as the favorite, Merck, for the first time as the world's top-ranked golfer. He is 10-1. to 1. Because the field is so great, you're not going to get single-digit odds here. 10-1 to 1 for John Rahm, followed closely by JT and Rory at 11-1. to 1. Uh, Yeah, Carmino, and um, 
a couple guys to watch. Daniel Berger, I believe, oh, yeah. won there twice. He did. He won back-to-back, Merck. He won in 16 and 17 when it was the old St. Jude, but it's on this golf course that he won. You're absolutely right. Daniel Berger, in recent history, has been a two-time winner, and he's going off at about 25 or 26 to 1. And remember, he's already won once since coming back, and I know he he kind of has fallen a little, but uh, I, I would think he at 28 to 1 is not a terrible bet. You know who else has won this event twice? And who's got, I think, two other top ten finishes. Again, when it was the old St. Jude Classic on this golf course, Dustin Johnson. Dustin Johnson. DJ's won it twice, Merck. Now, I don't know what's going on with DJ. I mean, he shoots 80-80 at the Memorial and misses the cut. Then last week, me, you, and Abdallah are in here previewing uh, the 3M. And we said, you know, maybe now's the time to get in on DJ because he was the favorite. Yep. In a weaker field, he was about 8-1, to I think, last Mm -hmm. week. Uh, He was the favorite going into that tournament. He's six under. Through his first, I'm sorry, excuse me. He's uh, 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 one under Wonder. through his first six holes, so he's playing fine. Then he plays his next six holes at nine over. He shoots 78, I think it was, and he withdraws yep. with a bad back, which is probably nonsense. He just didn't want to spend another day in Minneapolis. He's DJ. Why would he? So, so he's 28 to one on my exactly. So I, I, he's 25 to one on mine. Like, okay. are we now? I mean, we kind of hinted at this last week. The guy played one round, he was lousy, and he dropped out. I, I don't want to be giving people bad advice, but it almost seems like now might be the time where you're really buying low on DJ at 25 or 28 or maybe even 30 to 1 if you shop around. A guy with a history on this golf course, it's played, you know, he's played pretty well there. I, I'd make the same argument for Brooks Kepka. He's the reigning champ, Merck. Yep. You know, of this event, when they yep. when they moved it for the first time right. uh, from Firestone to um, to Memphis, he won it last year. Yep. I think he was 16 under or 19 under. You know, he's 28 to 1. I just wonder how healthy he is right now. It's because, a good, good question. You know, he just has not put together back-to-back good rounds yet. I mean, he just has not been anywhere near as dominant as he's been in the past. And he's struggling to find fairways, right? not he? I right. Mean, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean... Um, obviously, the chalk picks are. You said you mentioned John Rahm is the yeah. favorite. Rory hasn't really no. showed up on a weekend. Nope. I mean, not, has not, not once, right? Yeah. Since I mean, the return, has Rory? He's had a couple good rounds, but you know, especially on Sundays, he he's been he's been non-existent. Right. Uh, Bryson had his first really bad round and tin cup moment when he you know hit three in the water on the par five. Had a ten, right? Right. And then he was uh, arguing with the rules officials about the the fence, wasn't he? Right. Right. He was. He's a hothead. <laughs> Wait, he's, he's a hothead. A hot, he he's really hothead. is. He is. Your your poker definition of the guy on the table that's on tilt. Right. I mean, and it, it's tough to win that way on yep. the PGA Tour, right? Like, yep. you got to be able to calm your nerves. The guy's obviously got all the talent in the world, and we know even though he's a little bit of a hothead, he competes because he's just that good and right. he gets it that far. But, boy, he, he runs in the, in the red, doesn't he? He really I mean, does. He really and, does. you know, his caddy, I think, at some point got frustrated in that hole because he kept telling him to turn different. Bryson was just dead set. I mean, that shot was impossible. I don't impossible. Know why he, I don't know why he did it once, much less three times. I mean, we're amateur golfers. We know the definition of just take your medicine, right? right? Like, I mean, right. you can't always try to and be he, the hero. That, that's the hole that knocked him out. I mean, he, yeah. he was going to make the cut. He was yeah. he was inside the cut line. Uh, you know, a guy every week, everyone, especially a big event, Carmen, I always look at is Justin Thomas because yeah. he's so consistent. You know, he'll he'll have a bad round here or there, but he can get birdies in a bunch. You know, he's, he's so good with his iron, so... Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to lean towards him this week. Justin Thomas at twelve to one. I, th- I think that's that's not a terrible bet. No, I think it's a pretty good bet. I mean, it's not long odds, and you're certainly not going to get much in the way of top five. You're going to get very short odds, top five. But again, 
I think Merck makes a good point. I mean, he normally shows up and plays well and is in contention in these types of tournaments. And if you want to throw a little couch change to maybe make about two to one on your money or two and a half to one on your money for a top five finish or something like that, you're not going to get great odds on it because he's one of the favorites. Uh, another guy who I've been on a lot here that uh, we've done this the last you know six weeks or so, especially since the return, is Abraham Answer. He is uh, a long shot or certainly a longer shot at 55 to one. But upon returning to play at Colonial, I mean, he was really playing well. He had a tie for 14th. He had a second, a tie for 11th. He did finish tied for 58th, not as great at the Memorial two weeks ago. The second-place finish was at the RBC where he went nuts. He had three rounds of 65 or better. He had a very impressive Sunday. His ball striking was incredible. Uh, The other thing that stands out to me, though, about it, Merck, is that uh, on that golf course in Hilton Head, that's like Waddle's uh, home away from home course, yes. right? Yes. That is a Bermuda green golf mm. course. So is TPC Southwind. And we know that those Bermuda greens can be tricky because they certainly do not roll as pure as right. the Poe or right. as the bent grass. And right. so the guys that have a little bit more of a history of knowing how to play on those uh, Bermuda greens, I, I always look to for a slight betting angle if I can get an advantage there. And answer seems to be uh, one of those guys. And he's just, he's been good. I mean, he's top 15 in strokes gained on the season. He's top 15 in scoring average on the season. And uh, for a kid that grew up in, in Mexico and Southern Texas and played at Oklahoma, I don't know for a fact, but it would seem to me he's probably played in a lot of Bermuda because they tend to put that on the, on the greens uh, in, in very, very hot, humid climates. So, uh, I always look at that when the courses, when the, when the, the the tour pros do go to the courses with Bermuda, try to find an angle there. So fifty five to one, I'll probably make a small play on answer, and I'll make a small play on Victor Hovland at twenty to one too. I was Victor's looking, played well yep, since he's come back. He's been great. He, now again, he hasn't shown up on Sundays. Like he, he's he's had seventy nine at the right, Memorial. Right, but uh, I'm with you on that. The current couple guys I'm going to take long shots. I like Justin Thomas at eleven or twelve to one, whatever you can get him at. Uh, a guy who played really well down the stretch at 3M last week, and I keep hearing, he keeps saying he's close, Max Homa. Mm. He's 80-1. to 1. Wow. Yeah, 80-1. No, that's to 1. good. It's a tough course, I know, but I, he's, he's playing really well right now. And a guy who really hasn't shown up since he won the Open last year, Shane Lowry. You can get him some books at 150 to 1 right wow. now to 1. Man, remember Shane Lowry won the Open last he, not year? Not only did he win the Open, he, he destroyed, destroyed the field. It. He embarrassed everyone else. Destroyed it. Uh, I know it was his home course, or he's playing there a bunch of times, so I yeah. get it. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, Shane Lowry is uh, is also one fifty to one, one hundred and fifty wow. to one. Those are some big long shots, and that's what we always look. Uh, for. And then Carm, you know, not only is you guys mentioned the Barracuda Championship, but also the Champions Tour mm-hmm. is back this week. So where are they playing? You know, uh, I don't. It's the Ally Challenge. I'm not quite sure where that's taking place. But Jim Furyk is your is your favorite. At uh, three to one, three to one, three to one. I mean, that, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go. Uh, three I, to one. I love betting, betting the Champions Tour because you can get some great odds and some guys who who show up for one week and win. Not getting great so, odds at three to one. No, I'm gonna go yeah. Retief Husen, or oh, Husen yeah? at twenty five to one. I like that as one of my picks. And then I'm gonna go a guy who started playing better down the stretch last year, a guy who almost beat Tiger Woods to win two majors. I want to say 10, 11 years ago, Chris DeMarco. Yes, hundred to one. Wow, hundred to one, hundred to one. It's crazy that these guys are on the Champions Tour. Like Furyk's on the Champions Tour. Like, I mean, if Phil wanted to play in the Champions Tour, he could right so now. So, what is it? Forty nine? You have to be Over? no fifty. Fifty. You have to 50. be fifty. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So, so that's Nuts. it. Yeah. Phil's fifty. Phil's fifty. What yeah. in the world is and happening? He's, he's still competing. He's still. He's eh. still out there. Eh. He's making an argument, Carm. He's making an argument. When Phil goes out onto the Champions Tour, you. I mean, if Furyk's three to one, I mean, what's Phil going to be? I mean. <laughs> 
He's yeah, I mean, even money. I he's mean, gonna be even money. Well, that's uh, what we were joking about that one time. Well, well, you know, what will Tiger be when he eventually? Oh, and then, uh, and then finally, uh, LPA Drive On Championship. There, they got an event I believe coming up this weekend. Uh, I like Lexi Thompson at twelve to one. And if you want a long shot, uh, Stacy Lewis is one hundred and twenty-five. Well, you're going deep this week, yeah. Mark. Well, Champions I love, Tour, I, LPA. Carm, you got to find odds other places too, other than just the main tours. That's okay? true. Yeah. All right, so that's going to wrap it up. You good, right, buddy? You got anything yeah, else? no, that was uh, that was good stuff. Enjoy the WGC. I mean, two good weeks, great fields, WGC, and then yeah. into the first major of the year. Finally, next week they go to San Francisco. Does that mean we get primetime golf on the weekend? Yes, it probably does. We I do. love that. The yeah, PGA so I think, Championship. I think on Saturday ends around nine I Central. I love that. Yeah. That'll so be that's great. Fabulous for next week. All right, that'll do it for the golf club. Thanks for joining us.